the hearts of all people, both near and far. Christmas everywhere. Feel the love of the season wherever you are. On the small country roads lined with green mistletoe. Big city streets where a thousand lights glow. Let it be Christmas everywhere. Let heavenly music fill the air. Let every heart sing. Let every bell ring. The story of hope and joy and peace. And let it be Christmas everywhere. Let heavenly music fill the air. Let anger and fear and hate disappear. Let there be love that lasts through the year. And let it be Christmas. Christmas Court starts now. Hello, 
won and lost against the best. This old road's been a hell of a test. I'm still driving. I ain't slowing down. There's rules I love to break and bend. Mistakes I've made again and again. But I tell you this, my friends, I'm still around. I hit it hard, man. Good Thursday morning, St. Louis, and all parts, north, east, south, and west. We welcome you in. This is the Window World King's Court with Kevin Slayton right here on KevinSlaytonShow.com. A little bit of horse today, a lot of coughing being done. That time of year, it seems, when I constantly get a chest cold. I'm sure it's the deathly COVID rearing its ugly head, but nonetheless... We shall marshal on. Our phone lines are always open for you, 636-538-0746. If the voice carries through for the next two hours, we'll do a full show. If not, we'll cut it short. But the plan is to go forward throughout the entire morning. And we have a lot to get to today. These liberals give us fodder every single day, don't they? Did you know, by the way, that Pelosi's daughter, Alexandra, is an acclaimed documentarian? That's in an article on Fox News, by the way. Fox refers to her as an acclaimed documentarian. Now, other than her own mother, I don't know what she's made a documentary about. I've searched, can't find it. But she loves shooting her mother. Not literally, but film-wise. And she has some interesting pieces of video that I'm sure the Pelosi's didn't want to have leak out. But somehow it did, because I don't know where these documentaries are shown. Where does this acclaimed documentarian run her documentaries? (laughs) One would think on... Oops, I'm sorry, I turned the wrong number down, the wrong volume down. Sorry about that, folks. One would think that the uh, documentaries are on Netflix. I mean, after all, that's Obama's infestation. But I haven't been able to find them. Nonetheless, her words that you hear in this documentary after the 2010 midterms in a phone conversation with Obama tell you all you need to know about Pelosi and Democrats and what they think of white people. I'll give you that in just a few minutes. Dr. Kirk Milhone, who we heard from yesterday regarding this vaccine on kids, weighs in again despite Fauci's insistence that kids be vaccinated. And they even whore, uh, have Jimmy Kimmel whore out for Fauci. Jimmy Kimmel was one of the most despicable Americans because while his audience has shrunk and continues to shrink, He still somehow has the attention of some Americans, some liberal freaks. I don't know how. So when he says something like that, it's extremely dangerous. And when you hear him whore out Fauci, you'll understand what I'm talking about. 
Biden is bragging about record high inflation. He's bragging about it. He caused it. It's record-breaking. The fact that it's come down a little bit is nonsensical. That would be like me stealing $500,000 from you and paying you back 1000 and saying, hey, look at me. Look at me. I'm bringing the debt down that I owe you. That wouldn't make much sense, would it? That's the same thing Biden's doing. But not only that, with everybody struggling, food prices skyrocketing, gas prices still a lot higher than when he took office, and they'll go back up again as soon as he's drained our strategic oil reserves. With all of that still happening, and inflation still at a record level, Biden proclaims that his economy is working. You'll actually hear him say that this morning. Strangely enough. I mean, it's hard to believe, isn't it? You're going to hear Mother Jefferson Maxine Waters try to cut a hearing short regarding the FTX scandal. Why is she trying to cut that hearing short? Because she took money from Friedman, the three-name guy? Do you notice all the dastardly people throughout history seem to have three names? Not just the assassins, but now this guy, Karine Jean-Pierre, No, they go right in there with the assassins, too. John Wilkes Booth, Lee Harvey Oswald, James Earl Ray. We've got a host of them. So if you go by three names, you're a little scary to me. Unless you're Victor Davis Hanson. I dig him. Even Sandy Cortez says these Democrats should pay back the money that they got from FTX. Henry Cuellar agrees... But he says it would be okay with him if they gave it to charity. Charity? It's not your money. The money belongs to the investors. If you give the money back, you give it to the investors. If they want to give it to charity, so be it. But it's not your right to give it to charity. First of all, here's what these politicians do. They're so crooked. They'll take your money that you invested in this company the fraudulent donations that this guy made with your money to Democrats. The Democrats accepted that money. Now that the place has gone belly up and you're out all your money, they don't care. They'll donate it to charity and they'll take a tax write-off. That's how they operate. But it's your money. An Arizona sheriff is following the Biden plan perfectly, trying to threaten arrest of Governor Doug Ducey because Ducey is putting those unused shipping containers up to form a wall. If the government won't keep these illegal aliens out, he will. One of the few things Ducey's done well out there. But here comes a sheriff threatening to arrest him for it. (laughs) Josh Hawley will be along to tell you what Biden's ultimate goal is on the border. Karine Jean-Pierre has no response to the end of Title 42. John Boehner, remember him? He was the supposed speaker when the Republicans had power in the Obama years. He spoke at some, I guess, going-away party for Pelosi. I wish she would go away, but she won't. 
and he started crying again. Remember, this guy was famous for crying all the time. He cries more than Dick Vermeil. As he's sucking up to Pelosi for some ungodly known reason, I have no idea why, he starts crying. These are the kind of people Republicans elect. Boehner's as bad as it gets. A poll yesterday said 80% of Americans feel the economy is headed in the wrong direction. Now, those polls reflected that prior to the midterms as well. About 75% then said it. Now, five more percent are saying it. So it begs the question why did you morons vote for Democrats? You did. In a lot of areas that aren't contested, really, in terms of election fraud. Why? Why did you vote Fetterman? And now that might have been fixed. Even Pennsylvanians, as loony as they are, wouldn't vote Uncle Fester in. But anybody who cast a vote for a, a Democrat, you had to you had to be a part of this poll. Eighty percent. So some of that eighty percent voted for a Democrat. This country is collectively illiterate. There isn't any question about it. The other countries have so far surpassed us in education and every other marker for intelligence. It's not even close. Even countries that accept a dictatorship are far more educated and intellectually advanced than we are. We are a country of illiterate buffoons. It shows up every day. You have nitwits running around with masks on. Despite the evidence, as Dr. McCullough said, that not even the N95 mask works. You have people voting for Democrats. You have liberal freakouts who are being paid by criminals like George Soros to show up and protest and scream and yell and cause havoc on college campuses or anywhere a conservative is speaking. And you actually have people cheer for them. You have John Boehner get up there and cry while he's saying goodbye to Nancy Pelosi, when really she's not going anywhere. Then you have a Washington Post writer tell us how great Heals Up Harris is. I'm going to get into that a little bit later. That she's been constrained by the office of vice president. Pelosi's daughter blames white men for, or white, uh, how does she, I don't, I'll get the exact wording on what she uses, but she blames basically white people for the attack on her dad, the attack, the supposed attack is what I call it. Jamel Hill, you remember her? The black woman who was on ESPN. All she did, she was supposed to talk about sports. All she did was blast Donald Trump. Then she thought, because she thinks she's a black female and everyone will cow down to her, she writes a book and calls it Uphill. How clever. Jamel Hill, Uphill. Because her struggle has been so great, you know. She was paid rather handsomely for being on ESPN, paid rather handsomely to be a sports writer. But her battle's been so uphill. But now she's been fired from all those jobs. 
And so when she sent her book out, thinking, of course, that she would make a fortune, it has sold just 5,000 copies. <laughs> I could write idiocy for 200 pages and sell 5,000 copies. And she wrote idiocy, and that's what it sold, 5,000 copies. She had told Deadspin that she hoped the memoir, memoir would propel her to a best-selling author. She was confident she'd reach that status. A best-selling author. 5,000 copies. She has a million and a half Twitter followers, and she sold 5,000 copies. Then she got all the fawning reviews in the world from the New York Times, etc. Oprah made it uh, her daily's best fall notification book of 2022. Nonfiction, I'm sorry. Fall nonfiction book. So she had Oprah and the New York Times and countless other liberal media outlets telling everybody how great this book was, recommending that you buy it, and it sold 5,000 copies. What a referendum on your asininity. That's embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. If you write something that gets 5,000 copies sold, wouldn't you just give up? Go away. Get off the stage. It's time to go. Way to hear the current state of California. We're going to have that for you. Victor Davis Hanson is going to describe it for you. Our good friends at Cycan Exteriors also want you to know this. If your roof is leaking, God knows we've had plenty of rain. You may not know it because it could be like me. It could be leaking into a back bedroom closet wall that you don't normally use. And before you know it, the damage is too great to repair. I got lucky. It wasn't that bad because we caught it early. And we caught it because I had Zycan Exteriors come out. Not only give me peace of mind, but give me a free roof inspection. And they'll do the same for you. 636-345-6873. 345-6873. From the east side, 618-806-6911. 806-6911. Let them come out and take a look. They'll bring their A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. It won't cost you a penny. If they don't find damage, they'll tell you so. They've told friends of mine that, listeners to the show. No damage. Call us if you need us again. They're not the fly-by-night operators begging for business, coming around knocking on your door after every big storm. Please let us give you a cheap roof. Zycan Exteriors doesn't do that. They've been around here, by the way, since 1949. So they're not going anywhere when you have a problem. 636-345-6873. From these sites, 618-806-6911. I got a full roof replacement with all upgraded Owens Corning shingles for my roof because Zycan is a preferred contractor of Owens Corning. Give them a call today. They'll treat you just like they did me, and you'll be happy you made that call. But I didn't know my voice was this bad. Is it offending people? If it is, I can shut it down. If it's that hard to listen to. This is the Biden curse.
Went to bed last night. I thought I could talk okay. I was cheering for France yesterday. Actually, I wasn't cheering for France. I was cheering for Morocco. But I respect France. France and Argentina now will play for the World Cup. I don't know if you saw what um, Mississippi State is going to wear on their helmets for the upcoming bowl game to honor their fallen head coach, Mike Leach. But you've heard me talk in the past few days about Leach, and he had an affinity for pirates, had a giant pirate statue in his office. Menacing, by the way. So they're wearing a buccaneer flag with a pirate logo on it, on their helmets for their bowl game. And I thought an author, Michael Lewis, who wrote Moneyball, hit it pretty pretty well out of the ballpark. He said, like all innovators in sports, Leach found himself in an uncertain social position. He committed a faux pas. He suggested by his methods that there is more going on out there on the field than his competitors realized, which reflected badly on them. That's so well said. Great innovators, because they take risks, are always going to be criticized. And who are they criticized by? Their peers. Why? Because their peers didn't recognize that creativity. Happens in every business, and certainly happens in the coaching business. One former coach under him, Sonny Dykes, who is now the head coach at TCU, they're playing for the national championship in the playoffs. He said, look at the people that were fortunate enough to work for him. They've all had a tremendous amount of success. Mike's way of teaching empowered young people. That's one thing he did better than anybody. He wasn't afraid to take a 22-year-old kid and give him a bunch of power if he believed in him. I said yesterday a lot of his coaches weren't football players. Mike Leach himself never played college football. Never. Leach is a lawyer. He played rugby at BYU. Sonny Dykes was a college baseball player. Baylor head coach Dave Aranda was a philosophy major who didn't play college football. Dana Holgerson played at Little Iowa Wesleyan. So Mike Leach got the characters in football to coach under him who weren't the traditional types of people. Can't wait to watch their bowl game. That'll be fun to do. Well, let's get at this, shouldn't we? Dr. Uh, Kirk Milhone is a passionate man. He's passionate about one thing, children and the lives of children and saving their lives. Unlike Fauci, who wants to kill children, put them at risk, and if they die, they die. That's Fauci's philosophy. But not for Dr. Milhone. He disagrees with Butthead. I am passionate for the health of our children. I'm also passionate for young service members that I served for 13 years in the Air Force as a flight surgeon deployed twice to Iraq. For our healthy children and the majority of our war war fighters, the data show that the risk for myocarditis is greater than the benefit of the vaccine products. As a physician who is vowed to do no harm, my opinion is that we should not mandate harm. And when you mandate vaccines for these people, you're mandating harm. Listen to his statement. The benefit 
or excuse me, the danger of myocarditis outweighs the benefit that anyone would subscribe ascribe to these vaccinations. And you're mandating harm. You don't care, though. That's the problem with Democrats. They don't care. They're the least caring form of human species God ever created. It actually makes me wonder if God created them. They could easily be Martians created by Satan because they are satanic creatures. If you don't think Jimmy Kimmel is satanic, just listen to him whore it out for Fauci. Elon Musk seems to be intent on filling the troll hole vacated by Donald Trump because yesterday he wrote, my pronouns are prosecute and Fauci, which on top of being small-minded, lowest common denominator garbage and spreading false and dangerous conspiracy theories against a doctor who works for our good is also just a terrible joke. It's like a joke generated by AI. It doesn't make any sense. The structure's wrong, doesn't rhyme with anything relevant. No, there are too many syllables. It's exactly the kind of joke you'd expect from a guy who named his son after the bottom row of an eye chart. But um, for some reason, some people like him. This weekend, a young guy came up to me, very nice guy. He said, you got no love for Elon, bro? And I was like, I said, no, I, I don't. But it's not just Elon specifically. I have a problem with any richest man in the world who comes to this country to casually slander a doctor who devoted his entire life to protecting our children from HIV and COVID and Zika and swine flu and Ebola disease while you're off playing grab ass with Trump and firing rockets into space to prove your penis works. It's just a general, not specific. So the answer is, as long as he's attacking and spreading lies about decent Americans who've been doing He's been doing his best to protect the world since before this vomit casserole was born. I got no love for Elon, bro. Okay? You don't need a resume anymore, Jimmy Kimmel, to prove what an ass you are. That right there will prove it. He called Elon Musk comments, his pronouns, prosecute Fauci as false. Why would you not prosecute Fauci? Has he not lied under oath? I'm sure Kimmel's too stupid to understand that. Kimmel said that he has devoted his lifetime to protecting our children, works for our good. And he criticized the tweet by Musk because it didn't rhyme. Kimmel's five years old. He's a five-year-old that has a little bit of power. That Fauci's a decent American. Anthony Fauci is one of the worst people that was ever on this earth. For his own power and greed, he put the, at risk the lives of the entire population of the world. Think about that. He didn't care. He doesn't care today. He continues to insist on children getting vaccinated by an experimental drug, a group of people, children, that aren't harmed by COVID to begin with, Secondly, that are harmed by the vaccination. And he continues to insist that that's what you do. Jimmy Kimmel is the worst of humankind. He is a vile, evil, uneducated, illiterate dope. I said earlier, we are a country of illiterates. He is leading the parade. He's a joke. He's a walking, talking joke.
a guy who was on the man show, which of course belittled women at every turn, now takes the female high ground as if he's some sort of great social warrior. Jimmy Kimmel, like all liberals, will do anything for a dollar. Anything that will put money in their pocket, they will do or say. Doesn't matter, true or not, safe or not, doesn't matter to them. If they can get money off of it, and power, more importantly probably, they'll do it. They'll say it. Kimmel is a perfect example of that. He is low-rent scum. Speaking of that, Joe Biden is taking a victory lap over an inflation rate that is record-setting. Now, here's what that would be akin to. A baseball player, since baseball free agency is in full swing, if you're a baseball player and you have a career average of, let's say, 210, do you go around bragging about it, hoping that some stupid team will give you a free agent deal because you're so good? What would you do? I hit 210. But, man, I'm good, and it proves that what I'm doing is working. That's what Biden said. His inflation rate is at an all-time high, record high, and he still claims his economy is working. He's bragging about a record inflation rate. News that provides a reason for some optimism for the holiday season, and I would argue for the year ahead. We learned last month inflation rate came down, down more than experts expected, In a world where inflation is rising at double digits in many major economies around the world, inflation is coming down in America. In fact, this new report is the fifth month in a row where annual inflation has fallen in the United States. Inflation outside of food and energy, uh, a key measure that economists use, also fell. Make no mistake, prices are still too high. We have a lot more work to do, but things are getting better, headed in the right direction. Gas prices are now lower than they were a year ago, and half the gas stations selling gas at, are selling gas at $3.09 or less. The most common price for gas stations across the country is $2.99. The decline in gas prices is giving consumers a break. They need helping them keep uh, our economy going. We have a two-car family. They're saving hundreds of dollars a month. It's a big deal. Today's report contains another piece of good news. Food inflation slowed last month, providing much-needed relief for millions of families at the grocery store. <laughs> when this guy starts reading off of a teleprompter, it's funny. He starts speeding up, gets lost, gets confused, jumbles words together, as he did right there. Gasoline prices are coming down. A two-car family saves hundreds of dollars a month. That's a big deal. Does this guy not understand that gas prices are still extraordinarily high compared to the day he took office. So what example he used, a two-car family, is spending hundreds more than they spent when you took office. That's the truth, not your sugar-coated lie. The truth is they're paying exorbitantly higher amounts for food than when you took office. Food prices have stabilized. He says, stabilized? They could hardly go any higher or you'd starve the country. I've never seen anything like this guy. The inflation problem that you claim is coming down was caused by you. 
and your policies. Every single ounce of inflation was your problem, your doing. And now you're bragging that because your mistake was catastrophic, today it's not quite as catastrophic. Still catastrophic, but not quite as bad as it was when I first made it horrific. And he brags about that. Jesus. I I don't know where where we find these people. I do not know. And then knowing full well that it is going to backfire some more because of all the spending that these liberals do, Biden quickly warns us, "Uh uh-oh, the inevitable failure is coming, but it's proof that his economy is working. I want to be clear. It's going to take time to get inflation back to normal levels as we make the transition to a more stable and steady growth. But we could see setbacks along the way as well. We shouldn't take anything for granted. But what is clear is that my economic plan is working and we're just getting started. My goal is simple. Get price increases under control without choking off economic growth. Bring inflation down while keeping our labor market resilient. Build an economy from the bottom up and the middle out, an economy with good jobs, good wages, and for the long run, not a boom or bust economy. I mean, this guy's incredible, isn't he? A transition to a more stable economy. We had an extremely stable economy when you took over. It's now been a disaster for two-plus years because of you. No other reason. It's not the war in Ukraine. It's not the clouds overhead today. It's you. You caused it all. He wants a stable and steady economy. He wants to get prices under control. Prices were under control. Who sent them spiraling out of control? You did. This is clear, he says, that his economy is working. It is? From the day he took office to today, you're paying more for a car, more for your gas, more for your food, more to go to the movies, more for everything. In his demented world, and that is a state of dementia unknown to man, all of what I just said, all of those increases in his world means his economy's working. Because... He's building it from the bottom up and the middle out. How many times has he just just infuriated you with that comment? It's so stupid, but some speechwriter wrote it originally, and Biden thinks it's cool. It means nothing. Nothing. He's building it from the bottom up. Well, what lower bottom could you reach than homeless people? Has he reduced the numbers of homeless people in Los Angeles, San Francisco, other cities? All urban areas? No, of course not. Does he care about those people? Of course not. So you can forget the bottom-up, dude. Your bottom feeders are bottom feeders, and they're still there. And they're increasing in number. They're not decreasing. Middle out. What does that even mean? What does that mean? The middle out. He thought it was a clever phrase. And there are dumbass liberal people who listen to him and go, he's building that economy from the bottom up and the middle out. It means nothing. 
The market went crashing down again. Higher interest rates are in our future. But Biden claims it's working. I don't know how he can get up and say that. I really don't. But knowing what he's like and knowing what politicians are like, I guess it's not surprising. The surprising thing is that anybody believes it. And people do. Jimmy Kimmel believes it. I think Republicans should run uh, video of vignettes of Kimmel on the Man Show every day and say, this is your liberal spokesman grabbing women's breasts, reaching down his pants, pulling his pants down in front of women. This is what this guy's all about. He's a low-rent piece of shit. That's all Jimmy Kimmel is. He's one of the worst of the worst. He sucks. So does the little black lesbian, Karine Jean-Pierre, who was asked by a reporter if Biden and other Democrats would be, will be returning their money that they took from FTX, the FTX CEO who's a criminal. Will the president return that donation? Does he call on all politicians who got uh, campaign donations that may have come from customer money uh, to return those funds? So, look, I'm covered here by the Hatch Act, uh, limited on what I can say, and anything that's connected to political contributions uh, from here, I, I, I would have to refer you to the DNC. <laughs> She's covered. She's covered, all right. She's covered in stupidity. It just oozes from her. The Hatch Act. She doesn't even know what the Hatch Act is. I, I would love if someone would have said to her, well, how does the Hatch Act apply here to what you're saying? She would have no idea. None. None whatsoever. What the Hatch Act does is forbids the intimidation of bribery of voters and, re- and re- it restricts political campaign activities by federal employees. That's all it does. So why does it cover you? Nowhere in the Hatch Act does it say that you can't speak about what you consider to be illegal political campaign donations. Nowhere in the entire thing. I've read it. doesn't even mention it. It's just another liberal bullshit. You know, it's like abortion. Abortion is a constitutional right. No, it's not. Never was, never will be. You can keep claiming it is, but until you... Get an amendment to the Constitution that says it is, it never will be. Just like the Hatch Act covers her, it doesn't cover her, it doesn't do anything. But none of the media people knew what the Hatch Act is either, so therefore you have dummies interviewing a dummy. It's a beautiful thing. Now this isn't beautiful, the sight of Mother Jefferson in Congress, but... Believe it or not, Maxine Waters actually chairs a committee. Can you imagine that? We are at the state in this country where liberals give power to this woman who encouraged people to get up in the faces of Trump's cabinet members, tell them they're not wanted. Imagine that. A sitting congresswoman doing that. In a rational country, at a rational time, and we've had those times in this country, she would have been extricated from her office. That would have been it. Over, done with, goodbye. You're expelled from Congress. But in this case, the liberals cheered her. 
They gave her a committee chairmanship. And now that committee is holding hearings on this FTX scandal. So since she is a huge recipient of money from FTX for her campaign, she quite obviously doesn't want to give Republicans the chance to cross-examine witnesses. And in fact, yesterday, tried to shut down the hearing before one Republican had his chance. He wasn't having any of it. The closing statements from Ranking Member McHenry and myself. Uh, and I'd like to thank you, Mr. John Ray III. Chairwoman Waters. Presence here today. Chairwoman Waters, I've not had an opportunity to testify or to question the witness. Uh, I'd like to um, thank you for your presence. Chairwoman Waters. Parliamentary inquiry? Yes. Are all members entitled to question witnesses? You are, and if you would like to miss the votes on the floor for everybody. It's the chairwoman's prerogative to call a recess. Just one moment, please. That's your decision, not mine. Just one moment, please. You may go right ahead and have five minutes. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Chair. You're certainly welcome, sir. What an unmitigated bitch. These arrogant, pompous liberals are sickening. Simply because he questions her about the rules that she will not follow, she mocks him. She's sickening. And it gets worse. She faked anger at the arrest of Friedman the day before he was scheduled to testify. The day before. So now the American public won't get to hear from him what supposedly happened. Now, do you think that arrest was coincidental or was it intentionally done to protect the criminality of liberal politicians who took donations from this criminal? Here's old Maxie faking anger at the arrest timing. He was scheduled to testify under oath before this committee today. Unfortunately, the timing of his arrest denies the public the opportunity to get the answers they deserve. Rest assured that this committee will not stop until we uncover the full truth behind the collapse of FTX. She has no interest in exposing the truth behind the collapse of FTX because it might mean the collapse of MAX, Maxine Waters. She doesn't want anything to do with that. And that might expose her. She doesn't want that. That's why she didn't want that congressman, the Republican, questioning the witness. He might have the the goods on old Auntie Maxine. Now, Sandy Cortez was supposed to question um, Mr. FTX himself, but since he got arrested, she couldn't. But she and Henry Cuellar believe that all Democrats who receive donations should give them back. But Cuellar, Cuellar had a qualifier. Do you think those should be returned to investors and customers who use FTX as opposed to donating now that he's yeah. accused of fraud? Yeah, absolutely. I don't fault individuals, you know, or, who were who donated those funds because I, I don't know if they had full transparency at that time. I, I think they should uh, return it to uh, charity. Charity. It's like I said at the beginning of the show. It isn't your money. It's investors' money. It's money that was obtained illegally by this guy and given it to you illegally. But Cuellar thinks it's okay to give it to charity. 
and then take a tax write-off. And then run on a campaign for re-election saying, look how charitable I am. And Cortez, you're a little confused there, sweetie, when she says she doesn't fault the people who donated, that they, they may not have had full transparency. What she meant was she doesn't fault the people who took the money because they didn't have full transparency that it was illegal. They had no idea that this thing was a house of cards. So she doesn't fault them. Well, I fault them. But she at least says, give the money back, you greedy bastards. And then, of course, she has to go on Instagram and whine and moan about how hard she worked to prepare her tough line of (laughs) questioning for Mr. FTX himself and how she laments the fact that he was arrested and wouldn't be there. Sometimes serving in Congress means that you spend an enormous amount of time and energy preparing a major line of questioning for, let's say, for example, a crypto billionaire that may or may not have uh, misused a very large degree of funds. And you're working, 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 and you're having breakthroughs in the case, and you're developing a really strong line of questioning. And then the night before your hearing, your witness gets arrested. She's working, 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 developing a strong line of questioning. This woman, since the day she went into Congress, hasn't sponsored or co-sponsored one single piece of legislation, not one. So she's not working, working, working. She's jacking around on Instagram, telling everybody how she was nearly killed on January 6th, how hard she's working on developing a a strong line of questioning. She's in a documentary, Climbing Hills. She isn't doing anything for the people of her district. Nothing, not a thing. But she laments the fact that she, the great Sandy Cortez, couldn't grill the FTX chairman. He would have made mincemeat out of her, and he's a stooge. He would have eaten her up, spit her out, and then stomped on her. She's an idiot. But he, as a stooge, is smarter than she is. Poor little thing. There should be a rule in Congress. Stay off Instagram. By the way, you know what I noticed? She's engaged, but she had no engagement ring on. wonder what that's all about. Does she think she's appealing to Republican men? That's what she said. That they just don't like her because they can't sleep with her. <laughs> that's one of the most revolting comments I think I've ever heard. You want to talk about vomit-inducing, just the thought. Now, Carrie Lake... Completely the opposite of Cortez. Paying attention to Biden's comment the other day when he was asked by Peter Ducey why he would go to Arizona and not visit the border while he's there. Biden's famous comment was he has many more important things to do. Of course, he didn't name one, but more important things to do. Carrie Lake didn't like that response at all. I am appalled that he would say that. You you look into the eyes of a mother who's lost a 19-year-old son or a 20-year-old daughter to fentanyl poisoning, and you tell them what happens on the border doesn't matter. This man is, is I'm sorry, he's disgusting. And I can't even believe he had the gall to come to Arizona after creating this crisis here without even acknowledging it. It is pretty ballsy when you think about it. 
He created this illegal alien rush through the gates of Arizona and then shows up there but doesn't go near the gates. you got to have a special kind of balls to do that. By the way, our uh, research assistant pointed out that in, in that video of Maxine Waters mocking the congressman, she blew him a kiss. You can't get any more arrogant than this woman. You really can't. And we know that Cortez and Maxine Waters are liars when they fake anger that Mr. FTX himself wasn't available to be cross-examined at the hearing. They didn't want that. That's why they arrested him the day before. I mean, does anyone believe that arrest had nothing to do with that hearing? I mean, truthfully, do you really believe that? Because if you do, you're a special kind of stupid. You're so stupid you shouldn't even be alive. That kind of stupidity needs to be gone, if you really believe that. I don't think anybody does, though. So there you go. Everybody gets to live. Who could even think that? The reason they didn't want him questioned and silenced him by arresting him is because of what he might say about them and how corrupt they are. Well, while Carrie Lake is appalled at Biden not visiting the border wall, or the not the border wall, but the border in Arizona, an Arizona sheriff by the name of David Hathaway is threatening to sue and arrest, not sue, but arrest Doug Ducey, the governor, the outgoing governor of Arizona, who's putting unused uh, cartons, those big things that you see on the shipping containers, at the border wall and forming his own wall. And the sheriff wants to arrest him. The area where they're placing the containers, it is entirely on federal land, on national forest land. It's not state land. It's not private land. And the federal government has said this is illegal activity. So just the same way if I saw somebody doing an assault or a homicide or a vehicle theft on public land um, within my county, I would charge that person with a crime. Wouldn't it be apropos and ironic if one of those illegal alien murderers got through and killed him? I wonder what he would say, or killed one of his family members. I wonder what he'd say then. These people have no heart. They have no sense of right and wrong. Their arrogance is all designed to gain power. He's trying to suck up the Biden. Maybe he'll get some sort of an appointment. And he probably will. Keep an eye on him. His career's about to take off. David Hathaway. We know that Biden wants all of these illegals in because he wants to give them the right to vote and that will ensure he thinks democratic power forever. That's the whole goal of this. But there's more to it, according to Senator Hawley. Let's not forget, we're talking here about hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people coming across the border in the space of one year. And what this really says is that the Democrats are willing to turn over our sovereign southern border to the biggest human trafficking operation in the world. Those would be the border cartels. They're willing to let them have it. You're concerned about kids? Well, the Democrats want to give the cartels who are smuggling children control of the border. You're concerned about crime? The Democrats want to give the cartels control of the border. And I can just say, as as a guy who represents the state of Missouri, we are awash in illegal drugs with fentanyl and methamphetamine in our state. And it's not coming from inside Missouri. It's coming across the border. That is all courtesy of Joe Biden. 
And I tell you what, it is time to hold this guy accountable, and it's time for the House of Representatives to do their job and to impeach Mayorkas. You know, I hear that a lot, and I say to myself, is it really going to make a difference if you impeach Mayorkas? I mean, truthfully, don't you think Biden will just put another stooge in there that'll do his dirty work for him? Of course he will. He'll just get Mayorkas too. 2.0, as Biden likes to say. So let's not waste our time impeaching Mayorkas. Let's investigate the criminal behavior of these people. Let's get the bad ones. Let's get the John Brennans of the world. Let's get the James Clappers. Because they're worth getting. And if you do nothing else in this new Congress, do that. Please. Now, the repeal of this Title 42, letting it expire, of course, will allow even more of these illegal freaks to come across the border. And Karine Jean-Pierre was asked how they're preparing for the end of Title 42. And we put the question to, co- to Congress, and what, what are they going to do here? We're also wanting to do this on a bipartisan way. Republicans know how to work with us, so why don't they work with us on this particular issue uh, that is important to, uh, important to Americans uh, across the country? I don't know. Why wouldn't they work with you? Holly thinks they will. This is his response to you. We ought to just pass Title 42, extend it by statute. Make it the law. I'd be happy to do that. In fact, Republicans have proposed to do that over and over again, and Democrats have blocked it. But if that's what the White House is saying, that they welcome Congress's action on this, great. Let's make Title 42 permanent, and let's do it with the force of law. I'm 100% delighted to do that, and I look forward to seeing the Democrats line up for that. And, of course, they won't. So, Karine Jean-Pierre has lied yet again. How bad are things at the border? They're so bad that Governor Hairgel Newsom himself has gone down to the border and made this comment after he was down there. The fact is, what we have now is not working, and it's about to break. I'm not saying that to point fingers, oh, really. I'm saying that as a father. I'm saying that as someone that feels responsible for being part of the solution. No, you're saying that as someone who wants to run for president against O'Biden. That's what you're saying. In the meantime, in Governor Hairgel's state, they actually have these boxes if you're voting or if you fill out any kind of a government form in the state of California. They have something like 96 different genders, including aromantic, asexual, BDSM slash kink, I don't know what that is. Demisexual, I don't know what that is. Fag, they actually have that. Non-monogamous, pansexual, polyamorous, anybody know what that is? How about scoliosexual? What's a scoliosexual? T for T, it's called trans for trans. And then you have a don't know. (laughs) I don't know what gender I am. I'm just a freak. That's California. It was once funny to call it the land of fruits and nuts. Now it's not funny. It's scary. Scarier still are people like Sheila Jackson Lee, who actually say publicly some of the dumbest things you'll ever hear as long as you live. For instance, Sheila Jackson Lee says, 
that if we're paying reparations, it would have stopped COVID. Yeah, she said that. Interestingly, a recent peer-reviewed study from Harvard Medical School, Harvard Medical School, suggests that reparations for African Americans could have cut COVID-19 transmission and infection rates, both among blacks and the population at large. (laughs) So reparations stops COVID. Who knew? Fauci, where were you on that one? Not masks, not vaccinations, not social distancing, but reparations. This is a virus that when it sees someone getting reparations, it runs. Can you imagine saying something that stupid? She's not on the fringe of stupidity and illiteracy. She is the poster woman for stupidity and illiteracy. You can't get dumber than her. A lot of people are trying. It is a battle. Democrats try harder for that title, and some Republicans, than the college football Final Four are trying for the national championship. These people are really giving it the old college try in Congress. No, I'm dumber than you are. No, you're not. I'm dumber than you. I'll prove it. Reparations cure COVID. You almost would have to say, you know what? You got me. You got me. You're dumber than I am. Congratulations. You win because I can't trump that. There's no way. No way. But this this reparation thing has been going on for quite some time, as we know, and the Sharpton shakedown has been going on hand-in-hand with it. So Al Sharpton gets all these Democrats together who are running for office back when they were running for president in 2020. Harris, Beto O'Rourke, Bernie Sanders, and and their ilk. God, what a group that is, by the way. Can you imagine that was the best they had to offer? It was. It was literally the best they had to offer. My God. What kind of a country puts those people up for office? Truthfully. Think about that. So we got Harris, Beto, Bernie Sanders, Gillibrand, and the Sharpton shakedown was this. Would you vote, not, I'm sorry, not would you vote, would you sign a bill on reparations if it came across your desk as president? Congressman Michelle Jackson Lee has proposed a bill to form a commission to study how to do reparations. When I elect president, I sign Would you sign that bill? Yes. Yes, would you sign I firmly support Congresswoman Jackson Lee's bill to create a commission to study reparations. Would you sign the bill for reparations? Yes, I would. I already support that bill. There are things that we need to do in this country that have been a long time in coming. One of those is to move forward with reparations. I didn't mention Pocahontas and Julian Castro. Those are the last two. Wow. You know where you can take your reparations? You can take them and stick them right up your ass, Sharpton. You and the rest of you clowns. Reparations, my ass. The day you'll get a penny out of me for reparations is the day I die. And then the only way you'll get it then is if you steal it. 
until you take Irish slaves and pay them first. And by the way, I'm not advocating for Irish people to get reparations either. But since they were first in line, get your ass in line. Behind the Irish. Blacks form the line here behind the Irish. I know you like to say that you were slaves, which you were not. No one in your family was a slave. But you love to try to benefit off black slavery when there was white Irish slavery long before there was black slavery. And blacks held black slaves, I might add. Blacks sold black slaves. So you can go to the black slave owners and get your effing reparations from them. Otherwise, shut your effing mouth. Another guy that ought to shut his mouth is Boehner, this crybaby jack wagon who spends all of his time in a tanning booth and looks like a freak when he comes out and then starts crying every time he speaks. This is what you call a leader in Washington. He was elected in Ohio and then became the Speaker of the House. That's how bad the Republicans are. Let's vote John Boehner our Speaker. That ought to do some good. And I guess Pelosi threw a party for herself, a going-away party, even though she's not going away. That'd be like throwing a party for yourself because you were moving, but you're only moving down the street. Let's throw a going-away party for you. And so at the party, John Boehner decides he'll show up, and I'm sure Pelosi invited him because she knew he would kiss her ass. He didn't disappoint. But I want to put a vomit alert on this. Because he starts crying. He's so overcome with emotion for the great Nancy Pelosi. Uh, You've been incredibly effective as the leader of your caucus. You know, the younger generation today has a saying, game recognizes game. And the fact of the matter is, no other Speaker of the House in the modern era, era, Republican or Democrat, uh... Uh, has wielded wielded the gavel with such authority or with such consistent results. Let's just say you're one tough cookie. Well, you're not. That's for damn sure. You know, if this were another time and place, I'd say, what a pussy. But I just said it. Is that guy the most disgusting excuse for a man you've ever seen in your life? You're one tough cookie. You're a lot tougher than I ever was. He's up there with his 24-hour-a-day tan. He looks almost like he's... Remember that woman in um, There's Something About Mary? That comedy movie that was hilarious, by the way. The old woman who did nothing but sit out in the sun in her Florida deck, and she looked. her skin was all shriveled up. That's Boehner. He looks older than Pelosi. And she looks like a monster. Crying. But he wasn't done. He wasn't done at all. He thinks little old Nanner, even though she's tough, she has another side. But there's another side of you, Madam Speaker, as well. As leader of the other party uh, opposite you during many of uh, your years in leadership, I occasionally got to see and experience something few others get to see. Uh, And that was your grace when the the cameras were off. 
And when the moment called for us to rise above politics and stand together as colleagues to do what was in the interest of the House and, frankly, what was in the interest of the country. He was crying again. I mean, did somebody go find him at some bar on a street corner and drag his raggedy old ass, shriveled old ass out and say, hey, come up to Washington and make people vomit some more? Because that's what you do best. Why would you embarrass yourself like that? Honestly. That's probably the last time anybody will ever hear Boehner speak in public. That's your calling card. You glorified one of the most prolific criminals in the history of the House of Representatives. You glorified her. And you cried while you were doing it. Because you're such a touchy-feely guy. Maybe he'll just overdo his stay in the tanning booth and disappear. That would be nice. If I never hear John Boehner speak again, it would be nice. The fact that I ever had to hear him speak was torture enough. But I'm going to torture you a little more. The great first district of the St. Louis area has as its leader, Cori Bush. And now keep in mind, if you didn't know, she hates white people. And she got to read her question to someone at a hearing on some sort of LGBTQ-I-T-W-Y, who knows. And here's what she said, because she hates white people. Don't ever forget that. And sorry, you have to listen to the white supremacy raise its, its ugly head um, it, you know, throughout this hearing, but we're here to fight it. And so I um, just want to make sure you know that the rise of hate and that, violence that, that against the LGBTQIA I mean, community follows God. a surge of anti-LGBTQ plus legislation driven by Republican state lawmakers, including in my home state of Missouri. The Human Rights Campaign has found that Republican state legislators uh, have introduced and supported over 300, 340 anti-queer and or trans bills in the latest legislative session and 25 extreme discriminatory bills have already been signed into law across this country. According to Promo Missouri in 2020, the Missouri State House introduced 23 pieces of anti-LGBT plus legislation. They've uh, repeatedly, it's absolutely disgusting, filed library book bans, bans on doctor recommended care, student organization bans, and sports bans. Ms. Robinson, could you tell us more about the draconian measures state Republicans have advanced that target the health, the safety, and the rights of our LGBT plus community? She read every word of that. She couldn't even ad lib the question to the woman. She had to read that as well. You heard another congresswoman, I don't know who it was, Try to stop her when she said, good God, this bigoted, slobbering, illiterate racist represents Missouri's first district. It's probably the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened in Missouri. And remember, this state, this state had Jay Nixon as governor. So when you're talking about the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened in the state, and you say Cory Bush is it, Jay Nixon breathes a sigh of relief. By the way, I don't know what head is. The white supremacy rears its ugly head. Or she said, 
We've introduced 340 anti-gay beals. What's a beal? I know what a bill is, but I don't know what a beal is. Library. They want library books banned. No, these are not anti-gay, anti-anything bans of books. These are common sense, moral motivated decisions. When you put perversion in front of children, Cory Bush, you are a pervert. Cory Bush is a despicable racist to begin with, but on top of that, she's a pervert. She has the IQ of a germ. She's so damn dumb, and she's in Congress. No more need be said. Carrie Lake has filed a lawsuit against the state of Arizona and Maricopa County, and she has witnesses, and she has some good ones. And we're, we will have uh, an expert testifying that this could not have happened by accident. There had to be malicious intent. We have an excellent court case, and we had our first hearing yesterday and set up a time for our trial to begin. And it will be next Tuesday. We will be presenting a lot of evidence. We have four whistleblowers, one that worked for a company called Runbeck, who said there were 300,000 ballots inserted into the, uh, into the system that had no chain of custody. Others who were in the voter um, uh, signature verification department said tens of thousands of ballots were rejected because there were no signatures or scribbles, and they somehow got thrown in and counted anyways. There are a plethora of problems that went down in Maricopa County. And if somebody doesn't stand up and say, we can't have our elections being run this way, then we'll never have another fair election. I mean, 60 percent of the polling places on Election Day were inoperational or non-functioning. When do we stop and say enough is enough? Would it have to get to 80 percent? Or 90 or 100. And they still won't say enough is enough because they're the ones doing the cheating. I'm anxious to see, since that lawsuit is going to begin, the trial is going to begin on Tuesday, much sooner than I thought. I don't know how Carrie Lake pulled that one off, but good for her. This will be a very fascinating lawsuit. It could go a long way toward providing full, fair, transparent elections for the rest of time in this country. If she loses, the cheating will never end. That's how important that lawsuit is in that trial. Now, some nitwit Washington Post columnist, he's a black guy, by the name of Eugene Robinson, has seen the handwriting on the wall that Biden can no longer function, could never function, excuse me, and will no longer be a candidate for the presidency, and should he run, he will get beat. So he's decided that Heels Up Harris is his choice, and he writes this. If Vice President Harris is not having impact, it is mostly, perhaps entirely, because she's in the gilded prison known as the Vice Presidency. She's a much better and more effective politician than her current position allows her to demonstrate. She will be a formidable contender for the Democratic presidential nomination. Now, you're the Washington Post, and you hear that. Do you start thinking about this? So we invested an additional $12 billion into community banks because we know community banks are in the community and understand the needs and desires of that community as well as the talent and capacity of community. 
Now, what about the difficult position of being vice president motivated her to make such stupid comments? Or this one. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Every day it is time for us to agree that there are things and tools that are available to us to slow this thing down. That's the gilded prison of the vice presidency that she's living in. It's so difficult for her. What kind of dopes write for the Washington Post now? No one believes she's a viable candidate. No one. Probably not even her. Probably not even her. That would be my guess. (laughs) Good grief. Emily Campagno, what are your thoughts about such stupidity? She doesn't have a great opportunity. Vice President Harris has multiple jobs, actually, and the vice presidency isn't a gilded prison. It is an honor to serve at the pleasure of the people of the United States of America in that role, and including one of her titles, which is Southern Border Czar. She actually has a wide potential to show us exactly the kind of leader that she is, which I guess we have learned she is not. No, she is not. What about Todd Pyro? What's behind this article, do you think? This article is clearly laundering of Kamala Harris for 2024. We don't know what Joe's going to do yet, but if it's not Joe, Kamala Harris is going to be one of the people on the list, and they got to make her look good, and that's going to require a major laundering or resuscitation effort. Kamala Harris, every time she opens her mouth, it's gaff after word salad after I don't even know what to call it, and that's the reason every time she opens her mouth, she loses a point. And, you know... Spare me the misogyny and racism thing. We attack Joe Biden for not being able to string sentences together, and he's as white and male as they come. Not only that, but she was appointed border czar, as Emily Campagno accurately points out. Biden put her in that position. So when this guy writes that she's in this gilded prison known as the vice presidency, he gave her a great opportunity. How did she do? How did she do with the southern border? Is she still trying to figure out the roots of of illegal immigration? Because she was looking for the root cause, remember? She's a root. She was down there in Honduras looking for the root cause. Then she just kind of forgot about it. Eh, I can't be bothered. I'd rather just giggle. Go on some different TV shows and giggle. She's an abject failure at everything she does. She had to drop out of the presidential race before Iowa, before the first primary, Because she couldn't get 1% of the vote. Not even one. That's what a formidable candidate she represents. Congress is messing around to vote on a what they call a Press Freedom Act. And it will give the press virtual immunity against lawsuits for their lies and their slanders. And so Tom Cotton says, no, we're not about to vote for that few brief remarks here about why I object to the passage of this bill, the so-called Press Act, which would open a floodgate of leaks damaging to law enforcement and our nation's security. The press, unfortunately, has a long and sordid history of publishing sensitive information from inside the government that damages our national security. During the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, the press routinely revealed details about America's efforts to hunt down terrorists, details that helped 
our enemies cover their tracks and evade justice. These leaks were reckless and harmful to our national security. Yet the Press Act would immunize journalists and leakers alike from scrutiny and consequences for their actions. This bill would prohibit the government from compelling any individual who calls himself a journalist from disclosing the source or substance of such damaging leaks. This effectively would grant journalists special legal privileges to disclose sensitive information that no other citizen enjoys. It would treat the press as a special caste of crusaders for truth who are somehow set apart from their fellow citizens. But that's not how the law historically has treated journalists. Our laws have always made clear that journalists can be held criminally liable for what they publish. And should be. And as far as I'm concerned, as you've heard me advocate many times, and Donald Trump has done so as well, that the standard for slander and libel should be lowered considerably for a public figure. Right now, it's absence of malice. If you ever want to know what that means, go rent the movie Absence of Malice. Spectacular movie about this kind of immunity for the media. Lower that standard. Make it much more punitive on media people when they slander and libel someone who's a public figure. They feel they can get away with anything simply because they'll say, well, they're a public figure, as if that makes any difference. It makes no difference. They would do the same thing to private citizen Donald Trump that they did to President Donald Trump. They don't care. They just hate Donald Trump. And they get away with it with all their lies because of this absence of malice standard. So Tom Cotton, take it a step further. Not only get rid of this potential Press Freedom Act, get rid of that absence of malice standard while you're at it. You would think people in Congress would want to because they're victimized by the media as well. The lies, the innuendo that the media tells about virtually everyone except Democrats. You certainly would want to be able to sue them. Make them pay, like Nicholas Sandman has done, like Kyle Rittenhouse has done. Carpe diem to those two courageous Americans. Do you get uh, texts sent to you from friends, a video perhaps, something funny, but it's on TikTok. When I get one, I don't even open it. I don't, I don't care what it's like, what it's, how funny it is. I don't want the Chinese to have anything of mine. I'm sure they've got plenty to begin with, but I'm not going to willingly give them more. And Senator Marco Rubio wants TikTok banned federal government-wide. Why? Because it's controlled and owned by the Communist Chinese Party. If this were Russia, what would happen, Senator Rubio? And that's why I tell people, if TikTok was a Russian company, there would be an FBI raid of their headquarters. Uh, at least they would be calling for it on the left. So I think everyone agrees there are privacy danger to America, to our national security. We shouldn't have the Communist Party of China having access to a treasure trove of American data that they can use to try to influence and divide us at the same time as they collect valuable information now and for the future. How can you argue with that? 
That sounds like a bipartisan deal. Hopefully it will be. But you've got to ban it. Multiple states have banned it, although Missouri hasn't yet. Why, I don't know. I guess Parson is out on his ranch feeding the cows. He sure doesn't do much, does he? No matter how bad Missouri gets, though, how would you like to live in California? Victor Davis Hanson does live there. He's a senior fellow at the Hoover Institute at Stanford. And he describes the current state of California. So if you want to move to California, go west, young man, but at your own peril. We rate in the bottom 10% of schools. We have the highest property crime rates in the country in San Francisco. We have one-third of the nation's welfare recipients, 40% of the homeless, 21% living below the the uh, poverty level, and we have about 40% of the illegal aliens in the nation. So it's all been a gravy train fed by Silicon Valley money and upper middle class 1% paying 50% of the income tax, and it's coming to a close. There's, they're running out of money. They're running out of money. Isn't that unbelievable? Move to California. And and Gavin Newsom thinks he's so good that he should run for president. And the Democrats think so. You watch and see if they don't nominate him. They will, because he looks good on television. He's a blubbering idiot. He's proven that time and again. And that's who their choice is going to be. Watch and see. It's actually kind of funny. I mentioned Alexandra Pelosi, Pelosi's daughter, the acclaimed documentarian. She blames Republicans for her daddy being attacked by the hammer man, even though we don't have all the facts about the hammer man because the authorities won't release the camera videos, uh, body cam videos of the police officers. Why? We don't know. But she, she blames Republicans. Now, no Republican showed up at her house that night. No Republican went in with a hammer after Daddy-O. But it's their fault. First of all, we're still under threats. It's not as if the threats just go away. Yeah. This has been something we've been living with forever. And it was so... I mean, you could. it was so coming. You know, this was so inevitable. When you think about the hundreds of millions of dollars in ads that the Republicans spent demonizing my mother. I used to joke with my father, like, she turned our last name into a curse word. That was... 20 years ago, we made those jokes. These ads have been going forever and ever and ever. So we, our whole family's had a target on our back for a while. Wow. Poor little thing. One thing she said is accurate. Her mother has turned their last name into a curse word. That is very true. Now, when you make that statement, you're admitting your mother is that person. Attack ads the Republicans ran against mommy. What have you people done to Donald Trump and his family? I won't even mention the rest of the Republicans that you attack. But what have you done to Donald Trump and his family? And it was your rhetoric, your mommy's rhetoric, that inspired that nitwit from Belleville to go to Washington and shoot up the Republicans' baseball practice, nearly killing Steve Scalise. You dumbass. Every time I hear a Pelosi open their mouth, it's a curse word that comes out of mine. It usually follows the two words, shut the... Aren't these people sickening? I thought it might be a good way to end the segment this morning by reminding everybody that 
Uncle Joe, you know, the shuffling old demented man who likes to portray himself as working class, middle class Joe from Scranton, PA. It's just like your uncle, just a friendly, nice, loving soul that just happens to have a temper that needs psychological help. He's unconfident he'll change his behavior, Mr. President. Yeah, I'm not confident. What do you do all the time? So, when did I say I was confident? I said, I said, said, said in place with a political liability, I had to admit that. That's a great asset. More inflation. What a stupid son of a bitch. You don't understand that. You're in the wrong no, I didn't say that. Look what I said. Go back and read what I said. In May, you made it sound like the vaccine was the ticket to losing the mask forever. And it- that, that is true at the time. I think a lot of Americans are wondering what your definition of temporary is. Well, you're being a wise guy with me a little bit. Uh, I understand that's your job. Yeah, you are such a pain in the neck, but I'm going to answer your question because you've known each other for so long. Is that high enough? Or higher enough basically where the U.S. is right now? When I announced that you all said it's not possible. Come on, give me a break, man. And that is an interesting reading of English. You, you, I assume you got into in the journals because you like to write. Mr. President, can I ask you a quick question on Israel before you drive? No, you can't. I'm not unless you get in front of the car as I step on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only teasing. Good to know he's only teasing when he threatens murder. What a low-rent SOB he is. And that's the state of the country. That's who this country elected, or at least claims they elected. It's hilarious. Except that it's not funny. We'll get our phone calls in, folks, right after we take a break. But first, I want to remind you that open enrollment is ongoing through January 15th for health insurance. You don't even know what's out there. I guarantee you, I didn't know what's out there. So I called Jordan Krugman. 314-602-4055. 602-4055. Call Jordan. He'll be able to explain it all to you. He'll sit down with you. You can do it virtually from your own home. You don't even have to leave. He'll listen to what your financial limitations are on your health insurance, what you need to cover you properly. He'll put the two together, design a plan specifically for you and your family, if you have a family. And then he'll take it to different insurance companies. He's a broker. He's not just an agent representing one company. So you'll get the best plan with the best deal financially for you, thanks to Jordan Krugman. That's peace of mind. 314-602-4055, 314-602-4055, thehealthinsuranceguy.net online, thehealthinsuranceguy.net online. And you say, well, Kevin, does he help out with Medicare? Yes. Medicare supplements, advantage plans, Part D drug plans. Jordan has a lot of advantage plans that have a zero monthly premium. And as you know, he can get you a lot of extras like gym memberships, transportation services, hearing aids. It's pretty nice, isn't it? Now, if you're an individual or a family or a small business, it doesn't matter. He represents all three and more, anything else, any other category. And he's proven his wares by saving small businesses thousands of dollars and giving the employees better coverage. He'll do that for your business too. You might think you have the best health insurance plan. You're sitting at home going, well, mine's pretty damn good. Maybe it is. Assuming you don't have Obamacare. But why not be certain of it? 
right here at Christmas time. Put one less thing off of your checklist with a simple phone call to Jordan Krugman. He'll let you know if you have the best insurance policy. 314-602-4055, thehealthinsuranceguy.net. The Slayton Guarantee goes on Jordan Krugman. Doesn't get any better than that, folks, I promise you. You'll feel much better. See, I have that. I have health insurance to him. That's why I'll be able to get help today for this cough and this hoarse voice. Thanks to Jordan. I will take a quick break, and then we're coming right back. We'll take your phone calls, 636-538-0746. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows A turkey and some mistletoe Help to make the season bright Tiny tots with their eyes all aglow Will find it hard to sleep tonight They know that Santa's on his way He's loaded lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh And every mother's child is gonna spy To see a reindeer really know how to fly And so I'm offering this simple phrase to kids from one to ninety-two Although it's been said Many times, many ways Merry Christmas to you
We welcome you back in. Kevin Slayton with you in the Window World King's Court. Glad you're along for the ride on this cloudy, weird kind of weatherish Thursday morning. Looks like it's going to be in the 50s again today. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? My mom used to say that's when people get sick when the weather's acting like it shouldn't be acting. Well, actually, no, it's not going to today. I'm sorry. Today it's only going to be in the 30s. That's the way it should be. It's December. So maybe I can freeze this cough and this chest cold out of myself. Or maybe, maybe go to the uh, gym and sweat it out in the sun. You think that works? Does anybody know if that's just an old wives' tale? I think there's a lot of old wives' tale. It makes me think these old wives didn't know a thing. Because we always hear that. Well, that's just an old wives' tale. I've never heard anything be described as an old husband's tale, have you? Honestly, I haven't. But here we come upon Christmas. I remember last year, Christmas, Christmas Day, I had COVID. Something about the Christmas season where the liberals are trying to destroy me. It's not going to work. I got news for them. It ain't going to work. So our phone call, our phone lines are open for you. Feel free to call anytime you'd like. I mentioned what... uh, Pelosi did after the 2010 midterms. She called Obama, and this is the woman that you just heard lionized by John Boehmer. Hold on one second again, folks. Okay, so we just heard Boehner sucking up to Pelosi. This is the woman that he was speaking so highly about. After the 2010 midterm disaster, where the Democrats lost more House seats than they had since, I think, 1938. And this was all, of course, as the result of Pelosi and her gang of criminals ramrodding through Obamacare. She called Obama, and she said, Our members have said they don't regret their health care bill right across the board. Even if we never passed health care reform, we were still going to lose the election because of 9.5% unemployment. It was about jobs, Pelosi said, basically taking a shot at Obama. I know your health care thing sucked, but the job and unemployment thing really sucked. Really sucked. It's kind of what she's saying, right? Then she said, and this is the indicator of what these people are like. The white male thing is just, that's a dominant thing. When they don't have a job, they get in a mood, she said. And um, so we'll have to make some decisions in our caucus about how we go forward. The white male thing. When white males don't have a job, they get in a mood, she said. I'm telling you, my my disgust and hatred for this woman, it knows no bounds. She is such a despicable human being. What did white males ever do to her? One buffoon married her. But, of course, he enriched himself through illegal stock trading tips. 
He's one guy I would justify having affair after affair after affair. But, of course, you ought to just divorce her. He's wealthy enough now. I would have to suggest. But white males, they get in such a mood when they don't have a job. What kind of a mood, Nanner? One that doesn't want to vote for people who have cost them their job? Wow, what a crazy idea. I got news for you. Everybody gets in a mood when they don't have a job, and it's not a good mood. I'd love to see the Pelosi's face some real-life problems, wouldn't you? I'd love it. Instead of uh, bragging on national television about your designer freezer and the designer ice cream you're eating, which is pathetic to begin with, I'd love to see the Pelosi's go broke. It'll never happen. It's impossible. But they claim they want to move to Florida when she retires. I hope the people of Florida pull a Maxine Waters page out. Get up in her face. Harass the shit out of her until she leaves your state. It's time to fight fire with fire. Why should this woman be allowed to live a peaceful life? She shouldn't be. She has caused nothing but disaster for millions of Americans. Not many people can say that. So take a page out of Mother Jefferson's book. I'm assuming, by the way, that with that comment by Pelosi, that black males don't mind being jobless. They don't get in a mood. Or white women, white uh, black women, none of them seem to care if they don't have a job. Just white men. They're the ones who care. Gotcha. Check. She actually said that. And that's the woman that Boehner just praised. God almighty. Republicans are so disgusting. They really are. Now the Democrats want you to do this if you're unvaccinated. They want you to pay higher car insurance. Now someone tried to figure out why that would be, but it's just another effort to make you pay for their stuff. Now, why would that make any difference? It's unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, honest to God. The traffic risks, they say, are 50 to 70% more frequent for adults who had not been vaccinated compared to those who had. So, first of all, I doubt the veracity of that study, but let's just say it's true. So what? It doesn't mean anything. That's just a random luck of the draw. Show me some proof that being unvaccinated makes you a worse driver. Show me that, and then I'll pay attention. But you can't show me that because it doesn't exist. It's unbelievable. The the study guy says it suggests that adults who do not follow public health advice may also neglect the rules of the road. Can you imagine making that connection? That I don't want to take an experimental drug that we know has deadly side effects that has killed tons of people. And because I don't want to take that, that means that I'll probably neglect the rules of the road when I'm driving because I don't 
care, apparently, if I get in an accident and die. And I am a white male, so that adds to it, of course. Just think about that for a second. These people are so mentally deranged. Just when you think they can't come up with anything dumber than reparations, they come up with this. So as a white guy who's unvaccinated, I now have to, in their world, would have to pay reparations and higher car insurance because I'm not vaccinated and I'm a white man. When are white men going to grow a set and say, that's it, we're not taking this crap anymore? Black people finally said that. But black people had the media in their corner. White men will never have the media in their corner. Never. Because too many white men are such wussies like Boehner who suffer from white male guilt because they're too weak to understand what's true. By the way, since vaccinated people are the ones getting myocarditis and dying sudden death, you heard Dr. Milhone say yesterday, sudden death. You heard Dr. Ladapo say they couldn't even get to the hospital. They dropped dead on the spot. So if we put those vaccinated people behind the wheels of a car, wouldn't that be more dangerous to public health? Because when it hits, they're going to die instantly, and the car's going to run into something or somebody. Now, those are facts. This other is nonsense. Well, if you don't follow public health advice, you won't follow the rules of the road. Shut up. So if I don't follow public health advice, I'm going to go out and rob a bank because I don't care about that law either. Or I'm going to just go out and steal from everybody. I don't follow public health advice. I'm going to steal my Christmas tree from that lot over there. I'm going to just steal my groceries. We don't pay attention to the rules of the road. We don't pay attention to laws anywhere because we don't follow the little cult emperor, Anthony Fauci. So there's a greater, much greater risk of a vaccinated person causing a traffic death than an unvaccinated person. It's not even close. And yet liberals want unvaccinated people to pay higher health insurance. Whatever. If you paid attention to this crap and actually thought it would ever happen, you'd lose your mind, wouldn't you? You really would. (laughs) It's pretty amazing. Glenn Greenwald, who is a real journalist, tweeted out about media the media liberals. Now, remember, this guy was a liberal at one point, and he's a member of the media, but he's independent now in terms of his media credentials. He doesn't write for any of the legacy media people. He tweeted out the same worthless media liberals who never break stories, who never do any reporting, who just sit around mimicking each other every day, speaking only to and for one another in servitude to Democrats, All write the same articles because they're all hive-minded, empty herd animals. Carpe diem, Glenn Greenwald. That was in response to a tweet by The Atlantic 
which is a liberal operation if there ever was one, saying Elon Musk has maintained that he's a political centrist, but his tweets, his actions, and associations say otherwise. Which tweets are those? Which actions say he's anything but a centrist? His actions with Twitter are he welcomes opinions from all sides. That sounds like the epitome of a centrist to me. It's the epitome of one. Or in Cory Bush's words, the epitome. That is a centrist. His actions, same thing. He fired a bunch of liberal freaks who tried to censor people. So everything that Elon Musk has done makes me believe he's an actual centrist. Very few people are, but he has proven that he is. Steve is up. Good morning, Steve. How are you? Good morning, Kevin, and carpe diem to you. Carpe diem to you. I got a little bit. Can we talk economics a little bit since, uh, you know, we've got this numbskull at president who is out there trumpeting the fact that uh, the inflation figures came in at uh, 7.1% inflation versus (laughs) 7.3% anticipated. That's a reason uh, to celebrate. Yeah. And, you know, if people were watching right after that, uh, the, the numbers, not the Dumbo, but when the numbers came out, the market just raced up because people thought, well, if inflation is finally coming down, the market looks ahead. Uh, so, you know, the Fed is going to stop crushing us with these interest rate hikes. And then uh, a short while later, Federal Chairman Jay Powell comes on. And he said some interesting things. Uh, First of all, he crushed the rally, and uh, the market took a nosedive when he said uh, that the the rates are going to have to be high and they're going to have to continue for a long time. And all of a sudden, you could just see it. The green turned to red and it dropped way down. But the interesting thing was uh, the reason why. See, that he he said, uh, and this was true, that what they're looking for uh, is, you know, they're not just looking at that rate of inflation that comes out once a month, but they're looking for unemployment to increase. So you've got the federal government, the central bank, is actually trying to increase um, unemployment. But he said they're having difficulty. And, uh, you know, what the problem is they're just there's a supply side of the economy and there's a demand side. And they're just trying to destroy demand by putting people out of work so they have no money so they can't spend it. While the government continues to spend money at record pace, which started this in the first place, they ignore the demand side, which, you know, all you really have to do is say, okay, drill, baby, drill, frack, frack, frack. And, you know, the energy would come back and that drives the entire economy and you would see, uh, you know, the supply side working with what they're doing on the demand side. But uh, uh, one of these reporters asked a question about stagflation, which, you know, there's signs that we're heading for the worst of both worlds, which is when you crush demand and the economy starts shrinking, uh, but inflation continues, then you got a real problem because, you know, you've already crushed demand. What are you going to do? And But the one thing that is being overlooked, I'm not an economic genius, but um, I think this is being overlooked, and uh, you can imagine why. Why is it that we have 4 million, and Powell pointed this out, 
we have 4 million unfilled jobs. So he's there wringing his hand saying, I'm trying to raise unemployment, but there's still 4 million unfilled jobs. So it's going to be a long time before we can, you know, get into that. I'll tell you why that is. It's because, first of all, we took all of that COVID money and we paid people not to work. Well, Steve, that's, uh, that, that money's gone. Well, it's not all gone, but true, we're not getting uh, stimulus checks or whatever they want to call it. But people don't realize that we are pay- still paying people not to work. The amount of welfare that's going out there for all these crazy-ass reasons is allowing people to sit on their ass at home and not go to work. And so they're trying to crush us with these rate increases, and it ain't going to work because they're paying people not to work. So we are headed for some deep, deep trouble uh, on the economic side. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the government continues to just spend. And they're spending a lot of that money on paying people not to work while they're trying to crush the economy so that uh, unemployment will go up. It's just a, a freakish, weird situation. It's unbelievable. I mean, it truly is. And he stands there and takes bows as if he's accomplished something and brags that his economy is working and this is evidence that it's working. Have you ever heard anybody take credit for something they caused that was bad and then say, as it incrementally improves, say, well, look at me. It proves that I, what I do is working. Well, that's uh, that's kind of like uh, it reminds me of COVID. Same thing there when, uh, you know, people would say, well, we saved millions and millions of lives, which is, you know, made up. That's un- unproven. You can't say how many lives you saved by, you know, having people in masks or having these vaccines that don't work, which are actually killing people. So, yeah, they, they'll take credit for that, too, uh, when the opposite is uh, is true. There's no doubt they do that. and And, and yet, here's what bothers me. And I guess, as I've said many times, the dumber you are, the happier you are, the less stressed out you are. Because you're not, you're so dumb, you don't understand that Biden is such a liar, a prolific liar, and that other people actually believe him. You know, if you're dumb, you just sit back and you say, ah, who cares? I don't care what he says. But I know that people actually believe him. So that really rankles me. I wish I were dumber. Well, you know, he actually said something that was true and something that we could actually applaud when you know they're constantly bugging him about his age and running again and he said do you do you think i don't know know how effing old i am (laughs) and you know it's uh there's really uh there's something behind that that's more than just comical and that is it's really kind of delicious to see the media turning on him now you know he's he's been foisted upon us by the media and now they're turning on him because they they don't want him to run again. They know he can't run again, and uh, so they gotta they gotta turn up the pressure. And what I want to see is uh, if it gets bad enough that the this will probably never happen, but that the media would turn on him and start exposing him for you know all of the crimes that he committed with his son Hunter and his brother Jim and who knows who else. Well, they'll never do that, as you point out, and they won't do that because. Their motto of protecting liberals would be broken. The code would be broken. Code of Omerta. Uh, they're not going to do that. But it would be it would be so satisfying if they would. But they you know, won't. you you called us a country of dummies earlier, and nothing could be truer. 
if you just look, you know, just it, it's you just, it boggles the mind. You just start here and go backwards. But you know, this Sam Bankman Freed dude. Yeah, the day before he's going to testify. <laughs> and you know that this guy is a goofball, loose cannon that, you know, will turn on anyone to save his own ass. He gets arrested the day before, and people just accept it and think it's normal. You know, all of this stuff that you pointed out that Kerry Lake has exposed that occurred in Arizona, which is no surprise to us because it happened in the 2020 election right. in six or seven different states. But she points out all of these irregularities and people just, well, that, you know, that's normal. There's nothing, nothing to see here. And, and even people that are supposedly smart, you know, like even Tucker Carlson, you know, the supposed champion of the conservatives, which he usually is, he has kowtowed to Fox and their uh, censorship where you cannot even speak speak the words on Fox that there was uh, election fraud in 2020. You can't even speak the words. Now you can say, you can say that uh, because that, you know, the evidence is out there that the FBI with Twitter and Facebook and others, you know, suppressed that story and that possibly changed the course of the election. So you can say that, but you can't come back and say, well, you know what? There was uh, a lot of illegal fraudulent votes that were, uh, you know, pumped in there in those swing states. You can't say that. Well, you can't. And no on, one will bring it up. You can't on Fox. That is a, that's an unwritten rule. However, I would say this though: Tucker Carlson has changed his tune, and uh, he is actually actively going after election fraud now. And he's had Kerry Lake on his show several times in the past week or so, where he has commented on how absurd it is. Remember this in Arizona. You you know when the election is right, unless you're dope. You know it's the election day. You're the election commission, after all. So you're telling me that you didn't have enough toner, you didn't have enough paper, you didn't have enough ballots, you knew ahead of time how many people vote in your county, and yet you didn't have enough. That is on its face cheating. You knew it was coming, and that's why you did it. And by the way, coincidentally, it only happened where Republicans vote. Not in any of the counties, not one of the counties where the Democrats usually vote did any problems occur. Only the biggest concentration of Republican voters and on Election Day did any of this happen. It's incredible that someone would be that stupid to believe that. You really well, would have you know, to be beyond illiterate. You're, uh, you're correct, and I would give Tucker Carlson credit for that. But at the same time, I would come back and I would say, if you can say that and if you can connect those dots, why can't you go back and say, you know what, the same freaking thing happened in 2020, and let me give you the facts behind that. But they won't. I he wish you he would. won't. No one will mention 2020. And in fact, the Republicans are, you know, in, on a big bandwagon saying, you know, we shouldn't even bring that up. And to that, I would say, <clears throat> if you don't bring it up, that's why it happened again in Arizona that's and right. in Pennsylvania and Georgia this year. Because you wouldn't bring it up, you wouldn't make an issue exactly. out of it. And it's going to continue to happen. Exactly. And that is true. And and I wish Tucker would go back and do an expose on the 2020 election. They won't let him. And I suppose if I were in his shoes, if they told me I can't do it, I guess I wouldn't do it. Because you're not going to get fired over it. Right. But I would somehow get the word out surreptitiously that, you know, this can't be done. But it's true. But you're right. It's the Republicans, again, being stupid and spineless, but that's what they are. 
yeah, let's not talk about the 2020 election. If I'm Donald Trump, I'm not talking about it anymore because people will start hanging him with that. All right, you know, enough of that. We want you to focus on the future. You're running for president. We want to know what you're going to do for us. And all Trump has to say is, I'm going to do exactly what I did before. Just get rid of all the, the baggage from the election now. Just forget, let other people make the case, but you forget it. And that's what I've advocated for. Republicans everywhere should be pounding the drums of illegal voting, illegal elections, and instead they sit back and get victimized again. It's unbelievable. Well, I'm starting to uh, come around to your way of thinking that uh, maybe the Donald should should hang it up just for his own good and self-preservation because uh, and let, you know, let somebody else, whether it's Ron DeSantis or Matt Gaither or, you know, Lauren Boebert, whoever it is, let them step into the breach and they'll find out that the same thing is going to happen. The, the only thing that might be different that worries me is, uh, and you've pointed this out numerous times, is how clean is this guy? Maybe it's the fact that he never drank alcohol, but how could a guy, anybody go without having, you know, some skeleton in their closet? Right. But if he had them, they would find it, but I don't know if anybody, including, uh, you know, DeSantis, who seems to be, you know, a, a good guy, I don't know if anybody could stand up to that scrutiny. I know I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, they, they'd find something. They'd yeah. find plenty of stuff on me. Absolutely. But, I don't uh, know anybody that could that could stand up to it, and it tells me something about Trump. It, it tells me that there is no cleaner guy that's ever run for office in this country because they have tried everything to get him. And they fail every single time. And you think about it. When you bring the unbelievable power of the United States Justice Department onto you, they're going to find something. It's just like a Darren Wilson in Ferguson. They tried that with him in the uh, Michael Brown case. So it tells me the fact that Eric Holder couldn't indict him tells me that Darren Wilson not only did everything right, he was more than right. He was as pure as the driven snow, as is Donald Trump. When those are the targets of this corrupt government, and they can't get anything on you, baby, you are clean. Think about it. The worst thing, the only thing that they ever got that stuck a little bit was the fact that, oh, my goodness, in, you know, in a private setting like a boy's locker room, him and the NBC guy, you know, were talking about, you know, these women that chase after, you know, rich, famous men, and they said, you know, it was true. It was crude. Yes, right. but he said, you can grab true. them by the, you know what, yeah. and, you know, they won't care. And it was true. It, it's 100% it was true. true. And, and the athlete that's the could, worst thing they could get on him. Yeah, any athlete will tell you that. It's 100% true. And and so, yeah, because, oh, look at this. We'll use this against him with women. I think most women understand it's true. Yeah. <laughs> There's it, probably a lot of angry uh, wives and girlfriends out there who are pissed off at women like that that try to steal their men. Absolutely. I guarantee that's true. And and so women probably said, you know what, he's right. He's right, these these bitches. And so it didn't hurt him with the women. He won the election. So, But you're right, that's it. You know, they trotted out 7,500 women who claimed he tried to molest them on a plane. That was my favorite on a commercial airliner. Can you imagine, as, as a veteran of flying many flights in your life, I'm sure, you're sitting on a plane – and a guy goes over to a woman, puts his hands up her sweater, starts following her, and nothing happens. Nothing happens to the guy. The woman doesn't scream and yell and cause a scene. 
That's what they're telling us we have to believe, that Donald Trump yeah. did that on a commercial flight and that nothing came of it. It's just it's absurd. Well, Kevin, they don't uh, even lie well. Kevin, great stuff as usual, and I will uh, I will leave you with this. I hope you are as excited as I am that uh, Mizzou is playing such a great basketball team coming up as the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. I mean, that's going to be a great, great basketball game. That, oh, wait a minute. It's a football what? game. Oh, fo- football? They've got a football team at Wake Forest? <laughs> well, you could ask the same question. To, oh, you mean they have one at Mizzou? <laughs> Ooh-wee. It's, it's well, pretty sad. Uh, the state of affairs down there is pathetic. Happy uh, for. Oh, we lost you there, Steve. But Merry Christmas to you, and uh, have a great day, and we will uh, talk at you next time. Folks, that's going to wrap us blessings. Thank you. You too, buddy. We're going to take a break until tomorrow and give my voice a rest. It made it through, though. We fought our way through. That's what troopers do. We're not like the rest of the comrades in the Republican Party who are cowards. But we're back fighting the good fight again for you tomorrow morning right here, same place, same bat time, same bat channel. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everybody.